What's up, everyone? This is the Trumpet of Truth podcast. Today, we're going to talk about hell. But before that, we're going to do some table talk questions. Yeah, and this is, uh, if you have been watching our podcast or listening to our podcast, this is our first podcast with video. So, enjoy. <laughs> awesome. All right, so we'll start with a table talk question. Um, this one's pretty simple. How should you manage anger as a Christian? Well, I usually start off by punching the first person I see. <laughs> no, that no, always no, no. makes you feel better. <laughs> yeah. Well, first, the Bible says be angry and sin not. So yeah. there's a difference between righteous anger, like Jesus had when he went into the temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, you have to be very careful not to be in sin. So, uh, but yeah, when you get angry as a Christian, um, you have to learn to forgive. You have to learn to begin to praise God because it's kind of hard to be angry when you're singing worship to God. Right. Yeah. Um, and. Maybe you all could talk about the context of a marriage. Yeah, you know, yeah. When you go the Bible says to be, you know, quick to forgive and slow to anger. I mean, so yeah. not necessarily that anger is a bad thing, but you have to channel it properly. There's mm-hmm. a righteous anger, like you just said. Because we should also hate the things that God hates. So, exactly. I mean, there's a righteous anger. There are some things that should pastorally piss you off. Yeah. That's okay. Make yeah. you angry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Pretty well answered that one. Stay in the word. Worship God. That'll yep. help you manage and anger as a Christian. For sure. Um, and don't use Jesus going into the temple. To justify. <laughs> to justify. To yes. Right. Well, <laughs> and the Bible even says, let not the sun go down on your wrath. You know, so even when you are angry, you know, you shouldn't go to bed with that anger. Right. Absolutely. Sure. Okay. Next one's a hot topic. If you, this kind of ties into the anger. If you were Peter, what would you have done when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus? Well, I think it's funny because he cut the ear off one of the soldiers, but, you know, Peter was pretty good with the sword. I think he was aiming for that guy's head. Yeah, he, he was just, not just aiming for the ear. He hit the ear. He was going <laughs> whack that sucker clean off. Yeah, I never and thought then, about that before. But I think he just missed his mark. Yeah. He wasn't aim- No one aims to yeah, cut he, off an ear. He was like, I'm going to cut How precise. <laughs> like, yeah. You're in the midst of a tussle. And, and that like, Jesus ear off. picked it back up and put it back on him. Think about the miracle Woo, of that. Yeah. Right. So Peter was like, I'm going to cut this dude's head off. Yeah. He misses. Chops his ear, and Jesus is like, "Whoa, let's heal that." Yeah, it's all really amazing. Playing, you know, it's so right. be a miracle. And, you know, really, really amazing. Yep. And it, so the so question was, what would you have done if you were Peter and the soldiers came to arrest Jesus? Oh, that's hard to say. I mean, if you're walking with Jesus for three years, um, it would be really hard to just stand there because I, I feel like they didn't have the understanding that this was supposed to happen, even though right. Jesus tried to tell them so. It'd be easy to say that I would just fall to my knees and say, Lord, praise God that the plan of salvation is not <laughs> But I know I would. I would definitely be really upset. I mean, I can only imagine Jesus being your actual pastor, you know, praise God, you know, well, your, your rabbi. Yeah, and you think about all the things that they were taught, you know, in Jewish school that the Son of God was going to come and you know, defeat all the Romans and, you know, sadly, I probably would have been one of the ones that ran. Yeah. You know, see, yeah. And I relate to Peter so much because you know, he was a fisherman. He was kind of rough around the edges. Yes. Like, like to fight. I mean, he was just kind of this, you know, man's Burly man. man. And, and, yeah. and, and, yes. And the, the, in the Bible, when in the gospels, especially when there's always a question asked to 12, Peter's always the one to answer. He's always yes. thinking his mouth. <laughs> yeah. I do that a lot, you know? Yeah. So I feel like I relate to him a lot and I probably would have done the same because that's my lord don't take him yeah yeah. what about you Ellie? (laughs) i probably would have (laughs) ran to be real honest soldiers well and what's really cool about peter is you can see that god harnesses you know Mm -hmm. his natural personality kind of like with paul paul was very intellectual very smart very zealous and if god can take that and use it 
for, for his glory. Well, he so. gave that to you. He gave you yes. that, you know, yeah. zealousness. He knew, and he knew later on Peter would jump upon hickory stuff on the day of Pentecost. Yeah. And preach. Preach. Yeah. Yep. So, amen. Sure. And that takes boldness. You know, that takes cutting someone's ear off boldness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. So, absolutely. Okay, our last table talk is going to kind of lead us into the discussion today is what gets us to heaven? Jesus. Only, yeah, only Jesus. Only the blood of Jesus, you know. Uh, the Bible says we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And I got to tell you, I thought about this yesterday because this last week I actually have kind of just been so busy that I, I haven't been seeking God like I should. I, yeah. I really got, you know, I was like, I'm getting back on track. I got to be with the Lord. And I kind of had that guilty feeling yesterday. And I, I really had sympathy or compassion in my heart for people who are not forgiven. Because I remember what it was like to be guilty in my sins. A lot of people, their, their conscience gets seared and they kind of just, they push it away, push it away. But for those who God's trying to reach you, it's really hard to yeah. be unforgiven. Like we don't, I think as a Christian, sometimes we forget how beautiful it is to just be forgiven. And how much and peace know. we have in that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So Jesus alone. And then Jesus is, yeah, Jesus alone is, you know. He's the only one who died and rose from the dead. That's right. Amen. Yeah. There's no other way. And the kind of counterpart of that is if you don't put your faith and trust in Jesus yeah. to get you to heaven, so, what's going to happen then? That's a good question. It brings <laughs> into the topic of today. What yeah. gets you to heaven? The opposite of that, what gets you to hell? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> what damns you? So, uh, Our first question first is... first question is, is there a hell? Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, the Bible gives so many scriptures. We can start with probably one of the most famous ones, Luke chapter 16, starting in verse 19, you know. Jesus, and, and this is not a parable because Jesus mentioned, yeah, this is a real story. Jesus yeah. mentions names. He talks about Abraham. He talks all these things. He talks about Moses and all of the parables of Christ. He uses, you know, the sower, the, the, the farmer, the, farmer, the husbandman, the this or that. Right. He never uses names. The laborer. The, yes. Yeah. yes. In this one, he uses real names and Jesus does not lie. And he says, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And so it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in hell, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off. And Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. So, Amen. just said, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes. Yes. And some people will argue, well, that hell, that means the grave. Yeah, yeah. It means Hades. It you know, in the Old Testament, Sheol could be used. It was the Hebrew word for hell. Could uh -huh. be used for the grave. But very many times it's clearly used as the place of departed spirits. Right. In the New Testament, Hades is very clearly used, not as a place of the grave, but as the 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 burning fire that, that well, people that's were in. Say it. It's interesting because if that's the case, then there's no, if if this hell in this context is literally the grave, then there's no reason in the context to bring up the burning and to cool his tongue. Yes. The torment of the flame. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That tells me that this place that this fella is in is hot. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the Bible very many times mentions flames of fire. In Revelation, 
whenever it says the bottomless pit is open and the smoke was so thick it darkened the sun and demon spirits are released from the bottomless pit during the time of the great tribulation. Right. The Bible talks about the beast and the false prophet being tormented in the lake of fire. Psalms chapter um, 11 verse 6 says upon the wicked he will rain fire and brimstone in a horrible tempest. Right. So there's many, many scriptures that you know make it very clear that there, there is a help. There um, is, absolutely. If, if we want, we can shortly turn to Matthew 13. Do yeah, it. let's do it. But, you know, and, and of course, when people get their own time, they can read the rest of that story there. Yeah. But Jesus makes it very clear, you know, that this man was in hell. And Jesus warned us. And if you look in the Bible, Jesus talked about hell more than any other person in Scripture. And yeah. may I add to this story? This story is before Christ's death and resurrection. Yes. Right. So right. there's a difference in where people may go now versus where people went then. We'll talk right. about yes. that here in just a second, but just to kind of, you know, set that up for yes. here in a few moments. Absolutely. So this is just more scripture to show that there is judgment, there is torment, mm -hmm. and we're going to explain if, if everyone will just follow us. If you get angry, just listen. At the end, we're going to tell you why is there a hell? Why is it eternal? Is it eternal? Yeah. You know, we're going to talk about these things, and we're going to give you the good news. So please listen and, and stay with us. Yeah. Uh, so Matthew chapter 13, verse 41, and again, there's more context that you all can read. Um, all right, you know what? Go up to verse 37. So he gives this parable, and then he answers to them, and he says, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The filled is the world, and the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked ones. So you're either a son of the kingdom or you're a son of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. So the son of man, which is Jesus, sows the good seed of God's word. Yeah. And there's wheat that grows, which is those who are saved, and there's tares, those who are lost. And, they're the, and the devil sows the tares. Mm -hmm. And the harvest is the end of the age. So that's the final judgment. And the reapers are the angels. So the angels come to reap. Now, here's where it's very clear. Verse 40. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth and then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's pretty clear. It will be cast into a furnace of, a fire. Furnace of fire. And this is the loving warning of Jesus. Right. He doesn't want you to be you know, there. The other day I listened to this gnashing of teeth. I never understood this reading. I always thought that's just a weird phrase, gnashing of teeth. Mm -hmm. Like, so this guy explained it. He said, you know, that's an old saying of that time where, like, I'd be people that are mad. They're just yeah. Well, and they're in left, and they're in, in so much torment that they're they're just like they're screaming, just holding and on, and, and yeah. they're just you know. And the Bible well, gives so many clear pictures of the torment of hell. Yeah. You know, when I get really mad, I match my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's just yeah. I, I well, never put that that all and together. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people would think that wow, someone's in hell. They would immediately accept Christ. And I'm sure that that may be true for some. But you look in Revelation when God pours out His judgment on this earth, and it's yeah. going to be hell on earth. Like yeah. I mean, we could—that's a whole other thing. But it's going to be terrible. Literally, the water is going to be poisoned. The Antichrist is going to persecute the church. You know, people are going to be uh, the, the, the green grass is going to burn. All these things. And here's what it says: 
even when the sun begins to scorch men with fire, it says they, they still did not repent, but they blasphemed God. Yeah, they, they knew it. they were under judgment. And you look in Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the homosexual men who tried to rape the angels, they were struck with blindness, and they mm-hmm. still were trying to get through the door. Yeah. So men's minds are so depraved that even in what torment, they will blaspheme well, it's God. Just like, yeah. like, how could you do this to me? Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. yes. But I will make this very clear, just like the rich man in hell, he knew who he was. He knew who his brothers were. He had his memory. Yeah. So when you're in hell, you're going to know why you're there. And I think the greatest torment, which we can talk more about what the torments will be, fire, very clear, is going to be the fact, and I think on the day of judgment, when you stand before God and he says, depart from me, when you see his love that he had for you and you realize the cross was the way to salvation and for all eternity, you're going to have to live with that realizing it was that simple all i had to do was turn and trust in jesus you know so that's going to be one of the great torments of hell you know the sorrows of hell the 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 condemnation that's there so is there a hell yes yes absolutely chapter 10 verse 28 sure and then we'll probably go on to the next question perfect i think we've covered this pretty clearly but just so you all know as you're listening there are multitudes those, of scripture. Give them those next two. You don't have to yeah. read them, but uh, so go check out Second Peter chapter two verse four and Psalms chapter eleven verse six. So all of this scripture we found in about ten minutes. Yes, yes. So, I mean it, yeah. it, it. It don't take but thirty minutes, and you can find dozens yes. and dozens of scriptures right. to absolutely to keep going on this subject. And I find when it comes to something hard in the Bible. I have to really come to God and say, wait a minute, I didn't just accept you as my Savior. I also accepted you as my Lord. Yeah. You are Lord of my life. And if this is your word, I have to decide, do I believe it or do I not? Absolutely. You know, when it comes to something like abortion, homosexuality, you know, whatever the case may be, you may have your own opinion, but you got to go back to what God says right. and decide, do I believe him or do I want to believe myself? Right. You know? Yep. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Um. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. You know, uh, and after that, he talks about how valuable we are to God. In verse 32, he talks about if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. You know, so Jesus over and over again tells us about Believing on him versus rejecting him. Absolutely. You know, and he makes. He always shows the two sides. Like, yes. if you believe on me, Most this is. of his parables are the good, the wheat, the tares, the, the, the good seed, the bad seed. Yep. You know, the good the fish, fish, the, the bad, bad fish. fish. I mean, it's, it's this division of light and dark. There's yep. no in between. Absolutely. You're either saved and on your way to heaven, or you are separate from God and you will die and go to hell. It's that black and white. Yes. And God loves us. I mean, the Bible says Jesus wept over Jerusalem. And he said, how often I would have gathered you together as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. So God is not willing that any should perish. But if we willingly choose to reject him, this is our eternal home. And this is a hard message. Uh It is. So that raises the question. There is a hell. We've established that. Are people in hell right now? Yes, absolutely. And um, to kind of add to that, where did people go before Jesus? Yes. Yeah. So again, if we went back to Luke chapter 16, we would see that Jesus says that um, 
I apologize for that. <laughs> but we will see that Jesus um, in Luke 16 makes it very clear that this man is in hell right now. And that rich man is still in hell today. Yeah. So if we want to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, you can go to Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to show you this. So before Jesus died on the cross, I, I believe we could make a very, very biblical argument that hell and it. Is still is today is in the middle of the earth, right? And even scientists will tell you the middle of the earth is a ball of fire. Yeah, you know. But <laughs> before Christ died and rose again, the Bible seems to be very clear that Abraham's bosom or paradise was also located, and that's why the rich man could see Abraham afar from there was a great gulf, right? Fixed. But now, if we go to Ephesians chapter four, it says, and. I love how sometimes it just feels like it takes me forever to get there. Okay. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now, it explains this in verse 9. Now, this, he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So when it says he led captivity captives, it's talking about those righteous who were captive in Abraham's bosom. They were in paradise. They were in Abraham's bosom. But here's the thing. Jesus had not shed his blood. And the Bible says God is a consuming fire. Mm-hmm. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews that the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away our sins. Absolutely. It would roll them over. It was a foreshadowing of Jesus to come, the Lamb of God. Yeah. And so in the Old Testament, people were saved, putting their trust in the God of Abraham, following the law, being it's obedient to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they were not cleansed by the blood of Jesus. So they had to go to Abraham's bosom and await. And that's why David said, you will not leave my soul in hell. David right. even said of his child when he died with Bathsheba, I will, he will not come back to me, but I will go to him. Mm-hmm. So David believed in the resurrection. He believed in paradise. He believed in all these and things. It, yeah, Psalm 16.10 actually says, For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your holy one see corruption. Yes, so that and that's what's amazing <laughs> about that. It's a twofold scripture. Yeah. David is saying, you will, not, you will not leave me in hell. And when he says hell, he's talking about paradise. So Sheol, the place yeah, of the heart Sheol. spirit, yeah. you will not leave me there. And then he says, but you will not allow your holy one to see corruption. So it's also a prophecy of Jesus, Jesus. that his body would not see corruption. So the body of Christ resurrected. It didn't see our bodies if we die in 10 years ago. Well, not even like 10 months or whatever. Yeah. Our bodies will decay. see corruption. They'll decay. Yeah. Jesus' body did not see corruption because he resurrected. Which is fulfilled in Acts 2.31. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. Yes. Prophecy fulfilled. Yep. Amen. Yep. So the Bible seems to be very clear that right now, if someone dies outside of Christ, they will go to the middle of the earth. They will burn. They will be tormented. Um and await the day of judgment. And then if we want to turn to Revelation, and another reference that someone can look at is uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. We may or may not get there, but someone else can look at that. It coincides with Ephesians chapter 4, yeah. because it says Jesus preached to the spirits in prison and talks about all this when he died. So we'll, we'll go to Revelation chapter 20. 
verses 11 through 15. Now, this shows you where hell and death are called up, yep. and they and then they're cast into the lake of fire. And remember, Jesus talked about outer darkness. And so many theologians believe that, and, and I think it's very clear from the text, which we'll read. So right now, if someone dies outside of Christ, they'll go to hell in the middle of the earth. They will be fully awake, fully cognizant, yeah. tormented. The only difference is on the day of judgment, and same for Christians. If we die, we'll go to heaven right now and be with God. On the day of judgment, they will get a body fit for destruction with their soul. We're a living soul. We'll get a glorified body. So they'll officially stand before God. Same with Christians. We're going to go to heaven, but on the day of judgment, we're officially going to stand before God and be judged as Christians. And how we serve God, it's the same way with the wicked. And I believe that's also why it says there's gnashing teeth, because this whole time they've awaited the final judgment. They've been tormented, and now they know, hey, this is the final judgment. So that's how I stand on that. Just to kind of... Dumb it down. Yes. You've got, not dumb it down. Not dumb it down, but no, to simplify it. Yes. Simplify it. Before Jesus, people went to what we're going to call Abraham's bosom or the gulf yes. of paradise and shield. And remember on the cross, Jesus said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Well, remember, Jesus didn't raise from the dead until three days later. So did he go to heaven or go to Abraham's bosom? Abraham's bosom, First Peter chapter 3, verses 18, he preached to the spirits in prison. Ephesians chapter 4, he led those captive captive Great. into heaven. Yeah. They were captive in Abraham's bosom, waiting for the Messiah. The Bible tells us that in Hebrews that they awaited the Lord. They, in Hebrews 12 and right. 11, they didn't see the promise. They awaited the promise. Mm-hmm. So all these things. And now Jesus goes, so I'm sorry. What no, you so yeah. So you've got Abraham's bosom before yes. Jesus dies. So you either go to the this side of the gulf or this side of the gulf. Yes. Jesus dies, comes okay. down. Raises the saints, the saints, and it talks ministers about that to the, the gospels. spirits in prison, and talks about that in the gospels. And so now you have the distinction of now it's just hell. Yes, because he raised heaven. the saints out of there. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Amen. Absolutely. That's, that's where I'm at. So just making sure that Abraham's bosom is out of business. Yeah. Out of business. No more. And yeah. it's all because of the blood of Jesus. I mean, Absolutely. what an amazing plan that we can be clean before God. When we stand before Him because of Jesus, it'll be as though we never sinned. Yeah. Our, our sins have been dealt with Amen. in the Lord. So mm-hmm. that's why. So, I mean, this is just amazing. So Revelation yeah. chapter 20 ex- gives us a very clear insight to the difference between hell and the, the lake, lake of fire. fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So verse 11, that I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the dead were judged. Yeah. Yep. They were judged. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades, or hell, delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And that just goes to prove that, yes, there are people in hell right now because it says that death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. So if there was nobody in them, they wouldn't deliver anyone up to be judged from that point. 
So that proves that, and it also proves that death and hell are different from the lake of fire because they were cast into the lake of fire. To add to that, I'm going to back up to Revelation 24 to show you basically the people that are going to be in this hell awaiting their judgment and the people that are going to be in the thousand-year millennial reign. Sure. So go to verse uh, 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of God, or for Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So who's in the millennial reign? Well, those people right there. Yeah. Just, just I told you. Let's, say, let's keep reading but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So everyone else who is outside of this description of people is where? In hell. In hell, awaiting Amen. to be judged. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, if, yeah, to me it's just, it, it is very simple. Very yeah. Simple. <laughs> and here's another one in Revelation 20, verse 10. It makes it very clear about the devil. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So it goes to show that the lake of fire isn't just you're burned up. Because yes. it talks about them being tormented day and night yes. forever and ever. Which, in the lake of fire. Yes. Which kind of, does that lead into the next question? <laughs> well, the next or, one we were going to okay. ask was, uh, what about people who've never heard the gospel? Yeah, So this that's is a good one question. that I get a lot. So the Bible makes it very clear. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. So we've all rebelled. The sin, the, the, you know, Adam sinned and it passed. Death spread to all like a disease. You yeah. Know? The wages of sin is death. So yeah. we justly deserve death because we've sinned. You know, this body's going to die unless we live until the coming of the Lord. Amen. (laughs) But for those who've never heard the gospel, this is the best answer that I have. And you all feel absolutely free to weigh in on this. When I read scripture, I see that God will judge people based on the light or the knowledge that they do have. So someone in a a different part of the world or anywhere who's never heard of Christ, the question becomes then, are they humble enough, like in Romans chapter 1, which we broke down, um, yes, Romans chapter 1 where it talks about the invisible things are clear by the things which we see. Psalm chapter 19, verse 1, that heavens declare the glory of God. Amen. So if someone's humble enough, and while I'm talking, let's turn to Job chapter 33, verse 15, and, and I'll give you a scripture that I think is really beautiful um, and, and a testimony about some of this too. Um, I can't authoritatively 100% say Every person who's never heard of Jesus automatically goes to heaven. I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Because even in that, when someone looks at creation, they can still be rebellious and prideful and say, yeah. well, there's a God, but I'm not going to believe. But I think if someone's humble enough and they've never had a chance to hear the gospel and they just really genuinely, maybe they're sitting by a lake somewhere with their feet in the water and they just say, God, you know, who are you? Yeah. You know, do it on himself. And, uh, you know, and they just say, Lord, I mean, I don't know who you are. I don't know your name. And what, what, you know, what's the truth? I believe God will find a way to reach that person. And I'll yeah. give you scriptural proof for that. Job chapter 33, verses 15 and following. Now this, if you have to really read it slowly to understand, it'd be easy to pass this by. <clears throat> it says, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, 
while slumbering on their beds. Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instructions. So let's stop for just a second. It says you're sleeping in the night. Yeah. It says a vision falls upon in the night, and it, and it says God, he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. Now it tells you why in verses 17 and 18. In order to turn man from his deed and conceal pride from man. So that's sin. Yeah. And verse 18 is the, the good one. He keeps his soul back from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. I, I believe that this is telling us clearly that God can actually send us visions to keep our soul back from the pit. And I'm yeah. going to say this. There have been uh, not only Muslims, but a lot of even Muslims in absolute godless countries yeah. who actually never heard about Christ. Or even if they did, it was in a blasphemous way or, oh, he's just a prophet. But they never really heard the gospel. And there's many testimonies around the world, even the last 10, 20 years, of people who say that Jesus came to them in a vision, preached the gospel to them, yeah. and they got saved. saved. And then they began to go to a good church and stuff. Um, at the end of the day, that's the, only the Lord and them know if that's true. But the Bible tells yeah. us God will give visions in Acts 2 and dreams. And it even says here, and I believe that this is the proper interpretation, that he can even give you a vision to hold your soul back from the pit. Yeah. Now, does that mean every single person in the world who's never heard the gospel is going to get a vision? No. <clears throat> but I believe, this is just me, that if someone is humble and they will just look at the light that God's given them, the creation of this world, and they'll really, with a humble heart, say, God, who are you? you know, God can send them a missionary. God himself can visit them in a dream and a vision. Absolutely. You know, We see that in the Old Testament. Yeah. God visited Abraham. Abraham was in... A house of idolatry. Yeah, His yeah. dad was an idol. God visited Moses in the burning bush. You know, all these things where people didn't really know, or maybe they did, but it's like God visited them. And to yeah. me, that's not impossible. Yeah. Cornelius. Yeah. yeah. You know, from, from an intellectual standpoint, it's really illogical to look at the earth and all of creation and think, yeah, no one created this. <laughs> yes. It's, it's no different than like being on an airplane and then... Oh, look at this plant. It's beautiful. Precious metals, all the fine leathers and the seeds and the, all the gadgets <laughs> yes. and gizmos. And then the plane go down and crash. And then you just say, huh, no one created that plane. Yeah. That's well, just illogical. Something yeah. as simple as a cup or a piece of, you know, a plate a or something. Or... You would never say, well, that all just formed together. The letters just happened to fall. Yeah. It takes more faith to believe that God doesn't exist. It's just blind faith. It's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. But yeah. it's, it, the, the truth is, it's because people don't want to be accountable to a holy, righteous well, God. They, they have that pride. And in there, it says that he hid the pride from me. Mm -hmm. So yes. he takes that away. He humbles them right. he, he humbles to be you. able to open their ears. I yes. heard uh, Phil Robertson say one time, this is pretty funny. He um, <laughs> was talking to an atheist and the atheist said, well, how do you believe in the Bible? I mean, all them miracles and healings and like that that's just nonsense and he said what do you believe well in the big bang and he said well that's a miracle jack you believe in miracles too <laughs> for nothing to create everything that's a miracle and every explosion you see does not create order no it right. destroys you know, the order 
and the magnificence of planet Earth and human life and all this is beyond. It's just mind boggling. And we're just a little speck in yeah. God's creation. Well, and if you just look you at know? the human body, like take every other piece of creation out of it and just look at the human body and our DNA and how intricately we were formed. Yes. And, you know, the women's ability to give birth like that, yes. that is from a creator, and, and there's creator no God living cell that is replicated. Yes. There's no living cell in anything. Well, yeah. People, animals, plants, any living cell. There's nothing. God's a creator. Exactly. Yeah. Not a duplicator. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Praise yeah. the so, Lord. Anyways. One last thing about this. Yeah. What is it again? Is, the, question? the question is, what about people who've never heard the gospel? Right. So okay. the yeah. last thing with everything else we said is, we know God is a just judge. Absolutely. So what if someone goes to hell, it'll be justly. Yeah. God sure. will not ever send someone there unjustly. They will have chosen to go whether they heard the gospel or not, again, by their own pride, we all are already on the road to hell apart Born from Christ. Yeah. Born into sin. You know, so uh, we know that God is just. And I've heard it argued before that, um, well, if they never heard the gospel, then they can't be judged. So the millennial the millennial reign will be a time for teaching them. Okay, well, we just read who's in the millennial reign. It's those who were beheaded for the witness, those who didn't take the mark of the beast, yeah. those who didn't worship do its evil image. deeds and worship its image. We just heard that. So if those are the people in the millennial reign, yeah. would it have been included? Oh, and those who have never heard the gospel or those who have never heard the word or Yes. Or and I think that's dangerous to a sense because that almost, it kind of puts like, okay, if they never hear it, maybe they'll have a time of teaching to learn more about it. And it kind of puts it off of us from spreading the gospel because that's yes. our job. That's our duty. That's our duty to See, tell people about it. You might be able to help with this. There's a scripture about, uh, I think it's in Matthew, where it says the whole earth would have heard the gospel before Jesus returns. Yeah. The yeah. whole earth will have heard it. We've heard the word of the kingdom. Yeah, it says in Matthew 24 that, and the gospel of the kingdom will go into all the nations uh, as a witness. And, and then the end will come. Yeah. 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 Uh, which actually, kind of and on I, a side note, that is one of the, I think, the best prophecies in scripture. When Jesus said that, he hadn't even died yet. He hadn't yeah. left Israel. Mm-hmm. He had only had a three-year ministry. And here's a man standing here. What if I was to stand here and look at you guys and say, 2,000 years from now, the message and the songs that I produce will go into every nation of the world and yeah. everyone will hear. Jesus said that. And today that's pretty much been fulfilled. I mean, yeah. there's, there's not yeah. a nation. There are people, groups who've not heard of Christ, yeah. but there really is well, not a nation who the missionaries have not. With my uh, redneck yeah. right brain, in the age of social media, <laughs> in the age of social media, I think that the witnesses that come yeah. will play a huge role in the three and a half years that they're here to spread the gospel because, because it says, says everyone, everyone will, see. will see them yes yeah. that and, is and true. that's going to be in my opinion an age of where social media is starting to be like you could pull a live instant. stream on anything yes, yeah that is instant. true anywhere anytime you pull the live stream from anything yes and yeah so i think those days are closer we're getting off topic a little bit but yeah, yeah that's yes. right. i think those days yeah i think those days are closer than Absolutely, hundred percent. All right, where are we at next now? Well, uh, uh, the thing, the thing is just too because I, I just feel led to help people with this. Okay, so when it comes to hell, you may be listening and say, "Well, I still don't fully understand if someone's never heard the gospel." Okay, it's okay to have a question about that, but here's yeah. what I will say: This is what I want people to come to the conclusion of, regardless today. Anyone who rejects Christ who will not receive the gospel, you're going to be held accountable to God. Yeah. So I want I want to help you with that. I understand if someone says, well, I still don't understand. Okay, well, don't get caught up on that. 
get caught up on the billions and billions of people who have heard about Jesus and are still rejecting him. Yeah, they are going to be sure. held accountable. That's a good point. That's a good point. So I just wanted to help people because yeah. I know the, people saw The people questions. who haven't heard it are in vast minority compared yeah. to the people that have. Yes, absolutely. And still rejected. Yeah, that's a good point. So the next question is, we, we've answered, okay, why is there is there a hell? And yes, there is. So we got to cut just a couple more questions before we close. And the, the next one would be, why is hell so bad? When you read the torments of hell, you see that there's fire. Again, Psalms chapter 11, verse 6, upon the wicked, he will rain fire and brimstone and a horrible tempest. Jesus said they'll be cast into the furnace of fire. The man in Luke 16 was tormented in the flame and also had thirst, also was yeah. in agony of his conscience, yeah. worrying about his brothers. And I will tell you this, I don't have an exact scriptural basis except for Luke 16. I think there's going to be fathers, and this is going to sound so terrible, but it's I think it's true. I think there's going to be preachers, fathers, mothers, people who go to hell, who led their children there as well. Yeah. And I believe they're going to see their children tormented. Yeah. And I think that's going to be part of part the torment. Of the and, and obviously I'm not talking about little kids. I'm talking about kids who grew up as adults right. and rejected Christ. Yeah. So I think that's going to be things because this man, Luke 16 was worried about his brothers mm -hmm. and he probably was thinking, not only was I not saved, but I was godless around them and a bad influence on them. Yeah. And, if I can't see yeah. myself, saved, and then, and like, then what, what was the response? They have the prophets. Yep. Yes. And if they and won't the word, listen to the prophets, they're not going to listen yes. to the dead. If they, yeah. If they won't listen to them, you going back, they're not going to listen to you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, that's amazing. just, that's just how serious. I mean, if you, like, we, like you just said, that's not necessarily biblical that, you know, mothers and fathers and other people will see others that they led to hell with them. But you can, yes. you can kind of infer it because it's a horrible, horrible place. And yes. It, it wasn't created for you. It was created for Satan and his angels. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a couple things about the torments of hell. Um, and forgive me, I don't know the exact scripture reference. Type this into Google and you'll find it. It says he gives breath to the people upon the earth. So um, many people believe there will be suffocation in hell. There's many scriptures, again, about fire. Um, Jesus talked about being delivered over to the tormentors in the Gospels. You can look that up. Um, people being tormented. What do uh, firemen wear when they go into a house fire? Oxygen mask. Yeah. So they yes. can breathe. So yeah. you, yes. you have to. It's going to be hard to breathe. The smell yeah. of burning sulfur. Yeah. Um, toxicity. So this is going to be torment beyond belief. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be just probably our minds can't even really grasp how horrible this is going to be. And Jesus talked about how much more tolerable will it be for Sodom and Gomorrah on that day than for you, yeah. you who trodden underfoot the Son of God. Yeah. So Jesus even, I believe, inferred in a couple different places to possibly even different levels of torment, you know. Yeah. Um, but regardless, it's all going to be beyond belief. Yeah. You yeah. know, absolutely horrific. Yeah. So then the question is, why? Why is hell so bad? So let's go to Matthew chapter 25. And then after that, um, and how are we doing on time? Oh, we're great. Awesome. We're I mean, at. I'm, I'm good. We can talk. Yeah, for we're at forty. Hours. We're at forty minutes right now. Yeah. Cool. Matthew twenty-five, verse forty-six. Twenty-five, forty-six. So why is hell so bad? 
uh, or wait, where's the one where he says, depart from me? Oh yeah, there it is, verse 41. And then he will say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you curse it into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Okay, so he prepared it for the devil and his angels. And um, some of you may have heard the way kind of Bill Weiss describes this too. Let's go ahead and turn to James chapter 1, and we'll, we'll link both of these scriptures together. So the reason hell is so torturous, and it's not just simply separation from God, as though that's not a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal. <laughs> that's probably the most uh, torturous And it is it. separation from God. I mean, it, but it's God's wrath being poured out in measure uh, upon the wicked. So many, many scriptures about this. I mean, th- it, and let me just say, this is also, and obviously scriptures are absolute authority, but this is also in church history. Yeah. This is what all through church history that the majority of the church is taught. Okay. So James chapter one, um, verse 17, every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So in Matthew 25, it says hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. And in James one, it says every good and every perfect gift comes from God. So in hell, God made a place where all of his goodness is withdrawn. There's no friendship. There's no sunlight. There's no air and oxygen, food and water. There's no joy. There's no peace. You know, because those are all things that you get. Yes. In the presence of the Lord. Yes. And and on this earth, the spirit of God is here. God created this world. And yes, we live in a fallen world. But so we have beautiful colors. We have happiness. We have. Yeah, the Bread, joy of the we Lord. Have water, we have and all the essential things that we all need. All the things that we sometimes even take for granted, but are right. blessings from God. The Bible says every good and every, every perfect gift, gift came from God. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys are my friends. Yeah. God gave you to me as friends. Absolutely. This so, house I live in. Yeah. Hell is a place where there is God's not there. Yeah. yeah. So, so his goodness. attributes aren't there either. Yes, only his wrath. He only pours his out wrath. his wrath upon the wicked. Right. And it was prepared for the devil and his angels. So when God prepared it, he made it a place of torment. He took all of his attributes, all of his goodness out of this place. So why is hell so bad? The, uh, the second answer is this. We have sinned against a holy, righteous God. Yeah. The Bible says, and I don't have this written down here, you make a mistake thinking I was like you. God is separate from us. He he's is so, so separate from sin. Yes. Yeah. And he's separate from sin. He's separate. And he's so good, so righteous, holy. so holy. He's a consuming fire. He is so good. And he pours out his wrath. And yeah. so when we reject him, he loves us. He gives us a choice. You know, you two didn't force each other to love each other. You freely right. chose to love each other. And so God gives us that choice, and when we choose to reject Him for eternity, we will suffer that consequence. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So why is hell so bad? So there's that answer. It's not a, a harsh punishment; it's that, a just punishment yes. because He's so holy. I've heard the the question asked: Well, how come God let good people go to hell, and we're not good? Well, <laughs> we're Jesus not. said, and I want to say it's Mark chapter ten: There is none. Good, no, not one. Yeah. So he are we lying one. or is Jesus yeah. lying? Right. He, he right. Was <laughs> Amen. That to right. And not only that, how could a holy God let crazy, Eat. sinful, buckwild people into his holy place? Yes. Unless they're born again. Yes. And here's the thing. The angels, they were already in God's presence. Mm-hmm. And they chose to sin. One third of them. And Satan chose to sin and rebel. Which yeah. is a mystery to me. But the Bible does teach this. Mm-hmm. 
So there's no redemption for them. They already made their choice in God's presence. And when we go to heaven, there's not going to be no sin, no temptation. We will be perfectly without sin in God's presence. And we're not going to fall from heaven because we will have already made our choice. Now that is amazing because I've actually heard people before who were afraid, like, well, what if I go to heaven and then somewhere along the way I rebel? No, you're not going to because you already chose. In heaven, they were already in God's presence with full knowledge and chose that to reject choice, God. Right? I mean, I don't understand that. I would be a liar if I said I believe in. Yeah, there's a passage where Paul talks about how the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Your yeah. flesh is what causes you to sin. Yeah, right. not, not your, your spirit. spirit. Yes. So when you're transformed into that spiritual, not aging, no sickness body, yes. the temptations of the flesh are removed. Yeah. Because yes. your flesh is what causes you to sin. And what did Paul say? The thorn in my flesh. flesh. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah. So, do we want to answer the last question? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Is hell eternal? We got or, a bunch of them, don't we? Yes. <laughs> or is there a such thing as annihilationism? annihilationism? So, do you want to explain the annihilationism? Yeah, so um, some people who would consider themselves annihilationists or believe that doctrine is that when you die and you're thrown into the lake of fire, you are burned up and you cease to exist. Mm-hmm. And they get this scripture. Um, and I think we read it where it says, fear the one who can destroy the body and the soul. And they raised the article, if you destroy a soul, yeah, it's, you know, destroyed. it's destroyed. And, you know, that's kind of a good point looking at it and, and seeing that through the, our lenses. Well, and just looking at that but passage. But if you think of it in the context, we've served the God of the living. Yeah. So if you're separate from him in a lake of fire in hell, are you really living? Because <laughs> no, you get all yeah. the attributes from God are well pulled yeah. away from you. And when it talks about destroy your soul, it's talking about the destruction, yeah. the, the actual torment that you're going to be in. Mm-hmm. And the Bible gives many, many scriptures about this. Right. There's actually a scripture in Psalm where it says, I will tear you into pieces. I mean, there's a yeah. lot well, of, of scripture it, about that. I, I, this just came to me. So like, I've heard <laughs> the expression said, like, you know, kids come in. And to grandma's house, where they're like, oh, you destroyed my house. You made a mess of it. Yeah. That doesn't mean the house doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It just means there's destruction. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Right. And we, there's such a torment uh, in hell. So. Is it forever? Uh, is it eternal? Is it eternal? Yes. yes. Uh, I believe absolutely. Um, there's many scriptures we can use, but we'll go back to Matthew chapter 25, verse 46. Um, and, and remember, Jesus warned about this over and over again. Um, the apostles all warned about hell. Revelation warns us about this. The Old Testament warns yeah. us about this. Ooh, um, so, and we know that in Revelation chapter 20, which we read earlier, uh, it says the beast and the false prophet will be tormented day and night forever. Right. Yeah, that was Revelation 20. We just read yes. that. Yeah. And so we know that they will be tormented forever. So for them, no matter what, you can't argue for them. It's eternal. So then you have to say, okay, can we prove it with other scriptures too? Yeah. Which there's so many. We, it's just, to me, so obvious. So Matthew chapter twenty-five, verse forty-six, uh, and take time when you when you all get chance, and you know, read starting in verse thirty-one, and take take your time, well, read all this when you get time. We already read forty-one, where we just talked about that it is forever for the devil and his angels. Yeah, into everlasting, everlasting fire. And you skip on down. Go ahead, read it. Yeah, verse forty-six, and these will go away into everlasting punishment. It says punishment. punishment. So how could you be everlastingly punished if you don't exist anymore? Right. Yep. You know, everlasting punishment. Continue reading. But, but the righteous into eternal life. Yeah. So those if he are those equates, two sides again. 
if he equates us with having eternal life, we're going to live forever with God, but it's the same difference with everlasting punishment. So you're going to live forever. It's just either with God or in hell. So that everlasting um, is very clear. Another one is Jude chapter 1, verse 7. And there is only one chapter in Jude. <laughs> I love Jude. It's such a packed book with so short, enough. so short, and just kind of the Gospel of Mark. Yeah, it's just, just to the point. Reader's Digest. Uh -huh. Oh, Mark is like super. Yeah. This, this, and this happens. So, um, let's just go to verse five, actually. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has preserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of that great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to those, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance the vengeance of eternal fire. You know, and then you go into verse 14. It says, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. So it makes it very clear there's a judgment, but he says there, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Yeah. And this is cities that are about them in a like manner. Yeah. Yes. As Sodom and Gomorrah. So not just Sodom and Gomorrah, but the people and the cities that do the same thing. Yes. Which Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah was known for their sexual immorality, their, you know. Discipleship, yes. you name it, it yeah. was there. Yes. Bad let's, place. Let's go to Second Thessalonians. The Lord just led me to turn there. Right chapter 1. So you can see that there's many scriptures where it uses that word eternal, everlasting, and many scriptures that make it clear that people are in hell right now waiting the day of judgment. So you really have to do a lot of theological backflips to try to get out of this. Oh, yeah. You know, 100%. I mean, it's just one of those things. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7 and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe, because our testimony among you was believed. What was that again? Second Thessalonians chapter one, starting in verse seven through verse ten. It talks about how Jesus, and by the way, this shows you that Jesus is a man of war. He is the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Yep. This coincides with Revelation 19. When he returns, he's not coming and quietly asking people to step aside. He is going to come with the vengeance of fire and flaming yeah, fire. There's the, there's the eternal thing, too. Yes. Yeah. Everlasting, everlasting destruction. Yes. Over and over and over and over again. From the presence of the Lord. 
for yes. the glory of his power. So, as we close, why is hell eternal? If it is eternal, why? Yeah. Number one, we are creating God's image. God is eternal. He created us eternal beings, not from the past, yeah. but from the moment of creation. God is not created. He is eternal. He's creator. Yes, he's the creator. But from the moment we're created, we have an everlasting spirit that will either be, and it withstands these torments. Yeah. It withstands these torments. If it can withstand from all the way from those who died from the time of Adam and Eve all the way to Jesus, yeah. all the way to the future resurrection because people are in hell now waiting right. for resurrection. If it can withstand for all those millennia, then it will withstand for eternity. Forever. And that to me, and sometimes I just get gripped by this when I think about when I was living in sin that I could have done and went to hell. Yeah. And just the torment, and it's yeah, just, just so hard. Putting, for me, just putting myself there scares the yeah. good enemy. Um, I wanted to mention this right here, this sure. uh, Isaiah 66 and Mark 9. Oh, yeah. Callback. Yeah, if so, you want to turn to Mark 19, I'll go to Isaiah 66. I got Mark 9 pulled up right here. Yeah, Mark 9. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read, starting in verse 47, Mark 9, 47. And if thine eye offendeth thee, pluck it out. It is better... For thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes and to be cast into what? Hell fire. Yeah. Okay. Where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. That's a callback to Isaiah 66. Yes. But in the context there, he's just telling you, like he's comparing it. It's better for you to pluck your eye out and go to heaven than it is to burn forever. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Jesus warns us over and over again. He loves us doesn't want anyone to go there and we make our own choice and so that again and 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 when you go to isaiah chapter 66 in verse 22 it talks about the new heavens and the new earth which is all in the end of revelation right you know so this is in the context of final judgment so verse 24 it says and they shall go forth and look upon the carcass or the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me for their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched and they shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. So, you know, pretty amazing. And there's again, so many more scriptures. I mean, old Testament, I've I've heard people in the past literally say, well, the old Testament says nothing about hell. It was a new (laughs) Testament thing. It wasn't, I'm like, that is so wrong. There's so many scriptures. Isaiah right there is old Testament. How many scriptures in like, um, uh, where the earth opens up and yeah. falls all yeah. in the book of Numbers, Numbers. Numbers. Um, it says that the earth opened up, Numbers 16, verse 33, and swallowed them alive. They went alive down into the pit, yeah. they rebelled against God. God literally opened the earth and swallowed them. Yeah, so as we close, why is hell eternal? We're eternal beings, we've sinned against an eternal God, uh, and time does not pay for sins. Yeah. So you could be in hell for a million years, and that's not you, you will not have quote unquote served off your sentence because only. The blood of Jesus can pay for our sins. Because the wages of sin is death. death. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Pay for our and, sin and death. And in the Bible, death does not mean cease to exist. It yep. means separation from God. God. Eternal suffering. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And the Satan and his angels, they're being paid with what they did. Yeah. They're just. Yes. And so, like we said, you go this way or you go that way. Yes. It's your choice. It's pretty black and white. You either get the gift of eternal life or you get the same wages of your deeds and your sin and your negativity, yes. just like Satan and his angels. And to prove that when the Bible talks about death, it's not just talking it's not talking about just actual your body dying. What did Jesus say? What did the Bible say? 
if you don't believe on me, you're dead even while you live. Yeah. So he yeah. made a very clear distinction of spiritual death. What did God say to Adam and Eve in the day you eat thereof, you shall die? And yes, they did physically die, and that is the death that spread to all men. But it's also the spiritual separation. They had perfect union with, with God, God yeah. and when they sinned, there was death. There was separation from God. And because God, God is damage. life. So yes. the opposite, you know, it's not he's just the God dying. Of the living. Yeah, he's the God of the living. So the opposite of that is death and separation yes. from him is death. So we want to close out with a simple gospel presentation? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah. So why, you know, why are we talking about hell? We don't want you to go well, there. <laughs> yeah, we, and, and it's, it's a fearful thing, the Bible yeah. says, to fall into the hands of the living God. And anyone listening, if you have not truly trusted in Jesus and repented, yeah. You know, you're on your way to hell. You could die today. And millions of people all around the world die. People that didn't think it was their time. Death is something that happens to other people. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so the gospel is so simple. The Bible says you have to repent and trust in Jesus. And the word Amen. repent means to actually turn from your sin. You know, it, it means... changed. Yeah. And, and so if I was a man who was lost today and I knew that I was prideful, I knew that I was arrogant with my wife, I knew that I had snuffed my nose up at God, maybe I'm watching pornography, maybe I'm drinking and getting drunk on the weekend, all these things that yeah. are the flesh. In, in, that in that moment of salvation, I would say, God, I'm turning from that. And it may be that over the next six months, I fall sometimes. Yeah. But truly in my heart, number one, I'm turning from all sin. Yeah. And then I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I'm saying, Jesus, you are the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm humbly coming to God and saying, Lord, please forgive me. Amen. Lord, I need your mercy. And here's the thing. The Bible says in First John, when you're saved, the seed of God's word remains in you and you mm -hmm. will not practice sin. Now, as a Christian, we will all sin. Yeah. We daily yeah. sometimes have to repent. Practice. Yes, the that's the yeah. key. So I don't practice um, adultery. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't sleep with women at all. But my point is, I don't practice that so that it. kind of stuff yeah. yeah i don't practice gossip there are times at work uh hopefully not very much but there are times where i do have to say you well fall into that i time, talked yeah. to about someone today and i need to repent you know? yeah yeah um there are times where i don't put god first yeah and yeah. that's sinful what did james say about faith and your works? works without without faith works are dead yeah, yeah. you know Amen. or without and works faith well let's just turn i think it's james too yeah let's just turn but, there. my yeah, we'll read it in a second. My point is that you know, if you're born again, your actions yes. will show. Jesus you won't said, "Want to seek after." Jesus things. said, "Either make the tree good or make the tree bad. A good tree does not bear bad fruit." And he's talking about salvation. Yeah. If you are a tree planted in Christ, the fruit that comes from your life will it's be good. good fruit. The love of God, the mercy of God, the goodness of God, godliness will come from you. Amen. You won't be a perfect person. But yes. godliness will come. James two seventeen. Even you so, read it? yeah. Even so, faith if it ha if it hath not works, it is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you thee my faith by my works. Yeah. Amen. And it's just the it's your works are the evidence of your yes. faith. Yes, and that's why the Bible says in Ephesians chapter two. We are not saved by works, but by God's grace. So for anyone listening who doesn't understand that, what yeah. that means is it's a free gift that God gives. Mm -hmm. And when we trust in Jesus, what happens is God considers our trust as righteousness. Right. Right. We see Jesus fulfilled the law. We've all mm -hmm. sinned and we've been 
Because of our sin, we are on our way to hell. But what Jesus did when he came, the Bible said he was tempted at all points, yet without sin. Yeah. So he died on that cross. He took the sin of the world, the wrath of God on his body, rose from the dead, proving he was the son of God. And now when we repent and trust in him, he takes our sin. So like if you two had a robe of sin on you, darkness and death, yeah. Jesus takes that robe and he gives you his righteousness yeah. and righteousness that's not your own right. so that you can say I'm not saved by works of righteousness which I've done right. but by his mercy but here's the beautiful thing what we've been talking about true genuine faith and repentance will produce good works, works. Yeah, good fruit good yeah. fruit yeah. it comes and from your salvation yeah. it doesn't it, produce it's your almost like those two passages will contradict each other but it's, it's, a, it's the works in a different context there yes is. you got someone trying to jump out of an airplane and flap their arms yes. to make it work then you got someone just saying no trust the parachute there's a parachute yes you know, amen yeah. a, you know something that the guy over there packed for you use it because <laughs> it you'll you'll make it yes yeah. absolutely so, uh, and even in Philippians 2 where it says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling it's not telling you work for your salvation and no. saying, as you get saved, continue to grow in the grace of God, like yeah. 2 Peter chapter 3. Fear the Lord. I'll yeah. tell you all, coming from drugs, coming from the things I came from, lust and all these things, the first year I was saved, I've been saved about seven years now, I was a mess. Yeah. God had to remove so many things from me. But guess what? The seed of God's word was in me. And I continued to go to God's house. I continued to go to his word, yeah. to seek him, to love him. And when I did sin, I would repent. And now... There's things today I don't struggle with at all yeah. that that first year Amen. I did. Yeah. And there's things today that maybe 10 years from now I won't struggle with. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a growing. You know, just saying that you talk about that fear and how it should produce an endurance to want to read, to want to change your ways. Yes. Yeah. And you have to be, there's a level of desperation. You Amen. Have to. You can't Amen. Just, you know, be lackadaisical in your you know, path and with God. You've got there to are false converts. There are right. people who come to Jesus, and it's not true repentance. Yeah. They don't come really by faith. They said a little prayer, which I'm not opposed to the sinner's prayer if it's genuine. Right. But I love how Ray Comfort describes it. If I, if you and your wife were arguing, and I brought you to your wife, and I said, all right, now, Jacob, repeat this after me. And Ali was saying, I love you. I love She would say, okay, is that really genuine? And there's nothing wrong with that if, if yeah. it's a sinner's prayer. But when you genuinely on your own go to God, even if, even at the altar in a church, in the context of a sinner's prayer, and it's genuine, and you're yeah. really crying out and saying, Lord, no, be merciful to me. God, yeah. forgive me. Jesus, save me, Lord. Please. I mean, it's not some formula. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Amen. So salvation is very simple. Turn from your sin. Trust in Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not good news. It's the best news ever. <laughs> yes. Amen. I think that's a good, uh, good way to wrap it up. Yeah, Amen. Praise God. Yeah, Alex going to close this out in prayer. Yes. 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 And hey, anyone watching this, Lord led me to do this again. Um, feel free to email me, Jalen Taylor, music and ministry at gmail.com. Yep. Um, you can also go to my website, same name. Um, they can reach out to you all on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, we have Trucker to Truth Podcast at gmail.com. You can always reach out, ask us questions. Yes. Um, or if you want to come on the podcast and yeah. join us. Yes. Like, yeah, If you need prayer, if you have questions, uh -huh. no, reach out to us, uh, whatever the case might be. So people yeah. need to know that, that we're, we're here as a body. We're here to help you. We're here to love you, uh, whatever we can do, you know. So just wanted to say that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. 
it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the gathering of your people today, Lord. I pray that you just use this podcast and this video to reach tons and tons of people, Lord. I hope that you help us to continue to grow in faith and continue to reverently fear you, Lord, and continue to walk in that holy fear of you, Lord. Thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for this platform, Lord. I just continue to thank you for everything that you do for us day and day and day and day. Lord, thank you for everything. Bless this podcast and help it grow. In Jesus' holy name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. You guys have a good week. Yep.